0: Welcome to Narratives and Nightcaps, the book club podcast where we dive into the details of a novel, pair it with a fitting nightcap, and then today we'll leave a little review because we are wrapping up with the Unhoneymooners. So how are you, friend? I am great. I obviously, we had a little
1: bit of audio problems, but that's resolved. Technical difficulties. Um, I just can't believe we're, like, at the end of this book. Like, that's crazy to me.
0: I know. It flew by. (laughs) It did. It really did fly by. I was thinking that, too. So I will say, like,
1: after, because we've been reading this in real time as we've been talking about it, and as soon as we finished the last episode, I just, like, plowed through the rest of the book. Like, I was just like, I've got to know what, how it's going to end. I have to know what's going to happen. So I finished it in one sitting.
0: (laughs) I did. I also finished it in one sitting just a couple of days after you. Yes. Did the same thing because once you, I mean, with where we left off too, there was a lot that, I mean, the chapters just flew by with what was coming and what needed to happen and unpack before the novel could officially wrap up. So really easy to do in one sitting. Yes, totally agree. And also,
1: again, I think we kind of mentioned this last discussion as well, but I feel like the, like the first third of the book was a lot of like the meat, you know, where you're like learning all about the characters and stuff. And then now that we kind of know them, I feel like the last two segments have just flown by, like just in terms of like the chapters not having to include as much detail anymore because we already know about the characters. So I feel like these last two chunks, like the chapters have seemed a little shorter and just a lot easier to digest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would agree with that, too. But I will say I feel and I know we'll talk about it more. I feel like the authors did a really good job of developing the characters from the get go. And so in a lot of their conversations or even when all of is sort of thinking to herself, I feel like you can you really have a true understanding of her and her personality and you can almost hear those conversations yourself
1: for sure for sure so just to i guess catch everybody up again we left off where olive and ethan have like finally admitted to each other i wrote this down but they have now banged several times so they're getting after it they are maybe in love we don't know but they're definitely having a lot of feels for each other Um, And they kind of mutually decided before leaving Maui that they did not want to tell their siblings what was going on between them. They just kind of, Wanted to get home and let things play out for themselves. Um, of course, that was interrupted because the siblings happened to meet them at the airport, um, where they were, you know, holding hands and exchanged a little peck. And the siblings are like, "What the actual f bomb is going on here?" We thought you guys hated each other. Um, and then we kind of the very final piece of the last chapter we left off with, um, you know, exchanges between the siblings, and then Dane so ethan's younger brother making some crude comments about kind of like swinging like switching up the twins you know because they're identical so it's like oh we'll just never know which who slept with who kind of thing and immediately olive is just completely put off again like she's already had some reservations and hesitations about they brought them all back to the forefront for her again so this segment, we're going to talk, like you mentioned, um, basically the last chapter. So chapter 15 through the epilogue. So I'm going to first um, cheers and talk about my cocktail really quick. Um, I pulled a brie and did a lot of cranberry this time. <laughs> Yours
0: still looks really pretty, though. Oh, yes. Thank you.
1: I've been using um, a shaker and I, it makes this like really beautiful foam. I'm assuming it's just foam from the pineapple juice and the cranberry and probably my Bacardi that's in here, but it just looks so, it looks almost like a, like a coffee cocktail combo. Cause you have this nice little foam
0: separation going on. It's beautiful. It looks so good. Uh, you can't see mine because I was trying to pick out which glass I wanted to use today. <laughs> and remembered I have this super fun Hawaiian tropical, And so that's what I'm drinking mine out of. I I mean, same thing, except that I uh, have just vodka. I also, I did what you did uh, when you were saying that you had to buy like the cherry syrup. And so I did put just like a splash of that from my cherries and just gives it an extra added sweetness that I really like.
1: It gives it kind of a, like, I know we're drinking Island Breeze, But it gives it kind of like a Hawaiian punch feel, you know? A little
0: bit. A little bit. I
1: like it. I like it. It's fun. Okay, so back to the books now that we're drinking. Um, We are back in Minneapolis, uh, back to our separate residences. You know, Olive and Ethan, I'm assuming, got a cab. You know, they go to their respective apartments. And it's when Olive gets home and I think has time to just like sit on her thoughts a little bit that she realizes just how hard she fell for Ethan because immediately like they're home for all of like three hours and she's already like, Oh my gosh, I miss being with him. I miss our banter and our, you know, our adventures and stuff since we just spent 12 days or 10 days or however long together every second in Hawaii. Um, and it's almost like they have this telepathy or whatever together because um, all of a sudden, Ethan shows up at her door with food, like a real sweetie. So um, I think it shows that he was missing her a lot as well. Um, and they kind of move pretty quickly. I mean, when you're, I guess, together constantly at first, I'm sure that it didn't seem that fast, but like he is staying the night with her every night and um, like going back to his apartment basically just to like change and maybe grab some food and then comes right back over. And and they got home kind of over a weekend. So it's not like he's been going to work or anything at this time. Um, but then come Monday, Olive starts her new job. So remember she runs into her boss in Maui, but they're talking about how excited she is to start at Hamilton Biosciences. Um, So Monday is, you know, kickstart to her, her new career. Um, She's feeling nervous and excited. And it's kind of sweet that Ethan's there to give her that little nudge out the door and little little peck goodbye. Um, But that's kind of where like I was not expecting this to happen in this chapter, but the whole lying to Mr. Hamilton and Maui comes full circle and unfortunately bites Olive in the ass. She So we knew that Olive like, can't lie to save her life. I mean, she's already been doing that or trying to. And so when she gets to her new job, she's like, I just need to come clean. I'm, you know, I'm not married ha ha funny joke, we just wanted to get a free you know, vacation, whatever, and it kind of leaves, I think Mr. Hamilton a little stunned, like he's just like, ha 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 funny, and then like doesn't really talk to her for a little while, even though he's basically her new boss. Um, and then shortly after she's, you know, getting onboarded, signing her documents, whatever, uh, Mr. Hamilton calls her into his office where, he lets her go and he basically said you had no issue lying to me through our whole dinner together and i just don't think that that's the kind of person that i want working at this company and that was a shock to me like day one (laughs) you get fired for like a stupid a seemingly stupid lie like i get where her boss is coming from But it's just, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around like, oh, I just wanted a free vacation. I pretended to be my sister. And then her boss is like, yeah, so I didn't like that. You're fired.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is a definitely dramatic reaction. I think if that happened in real life, you know, and it would be one thing if let's say she came back and kept the lie up for weeks or months but the fact that she right. comes in on day 1 to just say hey so here's the whole story not married want you to have a bit more understanding about where i was coming from and why i lied it, it it's a harsh and dramatic reaction but i yes i agree
1: and the thing is too like if we're talking about morals and just some having a good moral compass it's so conflicted because yes, sure. It's unimmoral immoral to lie, but then her morality, her honesty, she wants to come clean about it. So it's like, she's being reprimanded for being honest, which seems just a little backwards. But I like at the same time, I understand where he's coming from, where it's like, you just lie through your teeth to my face at a dinner. That was like very intimate. I mean, it was just the four of them. And he's like, I just, I don't think I can trust someone like that to be
0: part of my company. It is conflicting. And I do, I could see where that would make him or someone in that position super uncomfortable. But then again, on the flip side too, gosh, I don't know. Cause you can go back and forth a million times in this specific situation. But on the flip side of that too, like you said, I almost feel like it says more about someone when they, very quickly acknowledge and explain what that was i think that says a lot about someone's character and their honesty so it's yeah it's a difficult situation it is it's yeah and it's
1: a total you know coin toss of how to go about it like i mean it just it just sucks for olive because i think she also probably turns it back into like oh my bad luck look at me getting fired on my first day of the job kind of thing so it's, it's just a hard situation that sucks. And then at the same time too, like she doesn't have a roommate. So she has out of income again after she'd already gotten laid off. So I'm sure there's a lot of, I don't know, panic, probably trying to figure out what she's going to do next. Um, But instead of like freaking out immediately, she kind of, I mean, it's described that she goes home basically with her tail between her legs. You know, she got caught in a lie and she's paying the consequences for it. Um, But she ends up, um, it sounds like they had already made plans, her and Ethan, to meet up with Amy and Dane for dinner and drinks. Um, It was supposed to be more a celebratory of like, hey, catch us up on your honeymoon. Also, congrats on your new job. And, you know, Olive just got fired. So it's not going to be that celebratory. But they decide to go anyway. And um, Dane is, so Olive and Ethan make their way to the restaurant first. And then Dane meets up with them. And he's alone, which I think was a little surprising. I think they were thinking it was going to be a couple's date. And um, right away, they're like, OK, what's up with Amy? And I guess she must have still been working or something. It's, she's a nurse, as we find out later. But she's a nurse, so she's probably on call or just finishing up a shift. So Dane comes without her. Um, and then you know, they're small talk, whatever, going on. And then Ethan uh, gets up to go use the restroom. Um, And Dane and Olive are left to speak to each other, you know, just like classic, hey, how's it going? Whatever. And once again, freaking creepy Dane comes out even creepier. And um, at first, it sounds like he's trying to pry for information like, oh, just how much did Ethan tell you about my misdeeds while dating your sister and then once he thinks that he's in the clear, he d- takes it upon himself to then hit on Olive. And she says, quote, make a pass at her. And like she I mean, he's basically like, hey, you know, if you ever need to change things up. Call me or whatever. And it's like, are you kidding? Like, so at the airport, he's already like, ho, oh, oh, let's switch twins. And then once again to her face while they're alone, he's like, ho oh, oh, ho come have sex with me. (laughs) It's like, what are you doing? And so Olive is just super uncomfortable and excuses herself. She's like, I don't want to sit through this anymore. And basically the whole time she's leaving the restaurant, walking to her car, she's trying to figure out how the hell she's going to tell her sister exactly what she already knows about Dane and what he just did just then.
0: So, in this chapter, there was this really brief moment. I think it's it is it's when Olive is telling Dane when he first sits down that sh- that she was fired, and it says that she switches to like a British accent and is like, "Oh, I got sacked today." Yeah. And one I really like that because I also do that sometimes in awkward situations, and I really shouldn't because my british accent is horrible but through this whole thing i was just like wow dane is a real wanker um like yes. no, this is not like throw some more british at him olive and then <laughs> also i'm sorry but they so he walks in that dane has this quote perfectly manicured beard and i don't know if i missed this earlier but that is not at all how i pictured him no me either I, that really threw me from this super fratty image to I I don't know so that that threw me for a loop a little bit but this whole situation so the only thing that I was thinking about too was for a rom-com novel this is a pretty pretty ethically conflicting situation yes um there's a lot involved if you look at it or put yourself in the, in those shoes and in that, in a similar situation. Uh, I mean, I know it's mostly all very lighthearted, but it's a, it's a deep uh, issue. If it were really playing out,
1: I, I couldn't agree more. And it's funny you bring that up. Cause I, um, I'm an avid Buzzfeed reader. And they always have those stories of, you know, similar, you know, just whatever situation may be. And just the other day, I was reading situations um, from women who were hit on or whatever, and it was just unwanted attention and how they kept trying to, like, push it off. Like, hey, I'm not interested. No means no. This is not something I want to be part of. And the other guy just kind of kept pursuing. And that totally came back into my head when reading about Dane. And it's not that like he's necessarily pursuing Olive, but it's just like, again, going back to morals, like this is her brother-in-law. Like why, why is this happening? I mean, Olive shouldn't have to say no because this shouldn't have to be a problem, but it is. And so I think that her reaction of leaving, like, I mean, even if she might be awkward with it, I feel like she's trying to put as much as many boundaries up and as much space between them as she possibly can um, so that it doesn't turn into a situation where it it could be assault or something. I mean, I hate to go that deep, but like that is getting very close to it, like unwanted sexual attention, even if it's just verbal,
0: you know? Right. Whether or not he's her brother-in-law, it's unwanted and it's inappropriate. And I know we're going to get into more too, but just the her reaction to being uncomfortable. And then I don't want to get too far ahead, but er everyone else sort of saying, oh, you're reading into it wrong. Like this is just you. I mean, that's a serious problem that I think a lot of people face in similar situations and in different ones too, where, you know, you're Perception of something, or the way that you receive a comment or something that's said to you, um, is uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and you do you try to put up a boundary, or you might try to brush it off at first. But if it's like Dane, where it continues to happen over and over again, it's really hard not to. And then to have not just people around you, but your loved ones also not sort of on your side that's
1: hard. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't think it's too soon to say that because I think we even saw that while it was just um, Olive and Ethan together. I mean, she, he kept telling her that she was reading into it too much when he allegedly didn't like her at the fair. So it's I feel like that's kind of been a pattern that we've seen throughout for Olive, unfortunately, is that it's almost like people have a hard time believing her or sympathizing her because she seems to always have this negative perception of things and it's like they just don't want to fall into that for whatever reason and and like you said like for being a a rom-com and like there are definitely times that i've laughed out loud but there are some pretty kind of dark undertones if you really want to read into it i mean i feel like you very easily can but it can
0: it can get pretty heavy (laughs) yeah i could see how it's a fast-paced read for sure so i could see how you would almost gloss over that and uh, but they are they're they're pretty deep if you take a second and actually think about the situations that these characters are in absolutely so chapter 16 um Ethan decides to
1: follow her to her car to make sure everything's okay sweet kind hearted Ethan just trying to be knight in shining armor over here um and this is exactly what we were talking about she tells him exactly what went down between her and Dane. Like word for word, yo, you went to the bathroom, Dane hit on me, I'm uncomfortable, I'm leaving. And Ethan, once again, just like when Dane had told him he was seeing other women, like just really wants to believe that his brother is not this bad guy, like that he's just not doing these things maliciously and that his intent is just to be funny and it's just a joke and ha ha, I can't believe you're taking it the wrong way. And so Olive is pretty incredulous at this point. Like, why are you not understanding that this is clearly a pattern with him? He is creeping me out, I'm leaving, and it's sad that you won't take my side in this situation. And um, so she, she goes home, she drives off, she kind of leaves Ethan just standing in the street. Like, I don't, I've explained it to you. I've told you how uncomfortable I am. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Um, so she drives home to her apartment where she realizes that a lot of her family members are there, which I thought it was so fun. Like, first of all, just like your family, letting yourself into, letting themselves into your home. Like, I think it's hilarious, but I love that. It's almost like they once again have that telepathic, like it's like they're there even before she knows that she needs them to be there in that situation. And so she comes home, you know, again, she's lost her job. She's now had a, a weird, encounter with Dane. She's kind of had a fight with Ethan about how Dane's been talking to her and, um, she walks into her apartment to her whole family being there. And, um, the the funny thing I thought was like, they're having just like a very (laughs) normal, I don't know, conversation about whether or not one of her cousins is gay, which was like making me laugh out loud because I feel like, like not obviously not that there's anything wrong with that either way, but just like, i could i could imagine myself walking in on just like a really weird family conversation happening of like oh so-and-so married so-and-so can you you know like whatever the whatever the situation is and so i just immediately put myself in that place of like just like the random things you walk in on and have to then kind of like contribute to. And of course, everyone's like, she's not gay. And then the aunt is like, she is, look at her haircut. And just like, really, I don't know, funny jabs. I don't know. I don't know, gay I don't know sensitive. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really, I just, I love that. The, that was how they broke in with that kind of banter. And then, um, and again, Olive is just so, I think low key, very grateful that everyone is there. She does end up confessing that she's lost her job that day. She ends up confessing that, um, you know, her and Ethan had a fight, uh, even though her family like seems immediately attached to the fact that her and Ethan might be together. Like they're very excited about that, which I think is a good sign. Um, And basically right away her family, you know, goes into protective mode of, hey, let's get you set up with a job so you don't have to worry about it. Hey, let's, you know, we'll hang out with you. Let's make some food. Let's just try to maybe distract you a little bit from whatever is going on with you and Ethan. And um, I mean, she's basically set up for success because her family had her back. Um, and the last thing Olive tries to do that night before going to bed after speaking with her family is get in contact with Amy. Um, I think that's really been, weighing on her. She's trying to figure out how to tell her twin what's going down. Um, And she ends up missing. She tries to call Amy, ends up missing the call. And they both just decide, hey, we'll just connect in the morning. So that's how we end chapter 16. So chapter 17, we start off with um, Amy is there first thing in the morning. It sounds like not only is she this lucky girl as she's been described, but she's obviously very like go getter. She's already gone to the gym. She's looking fresh. She's feeling great. And it's like seven in the morning or whatever. Um, and so she, she's already knows about Olive through the family grapevine of her losing her job. And she gets to inform Olive that her cousin, David, um, basically created a job for her at one of his restaurants. So she's pretty much set and I don't think Olive realized it at the time that like when her aunt was saying oh I'll I'll give him a call that something was going to happen immediately but literally the next day she has a job so back on her feet <laughs> um but even though there's all of this kind of positivity happening with that like she knows that now she has rent or uh, income again to pay her rent and whatnot um she has to talk to Amy about Dane. And um, I think that's probably like the hardest pill to swallow for her. Um, So Amy starts off with, oh, I, you know, I'm glad to see that you're feeling better. And Olive's like, what are you talking about? Like, how am I feeling? And she was like, oh, well, Dane said that you got a stomach bug and that's why you left before Amy was able to get to the restaurant after her shift and olive is immediately trying to set the record straight of no i left because dane hit on me and um it's just a very i don't know just a a shock i think to amy's system i think she's in, not necessarily in denial but just like in
0: disbelief that that's being said to her and this, then oh god i was going to say this whole conversation really is I mean, it's a classic situation of someone telling another person something that they don't want to hear or don't want to believe. And especially when it comes to relationships, these, I feel like, are often the hardest. And in nearly every case, I would say that it ultimately comes down to the person has to figure it out for themselves. Like as a friend or a sibling or whoever you are to that person, telling them that they don't want to hear that is going to be such a hard conversation. And ultimately the other person might not, and probably won't walk away believing what you said.
1: Well, and especially when they've been together, I mean, they were dating for a few years before they got married. So it's like, you know, I'm sure Amy really feels like she knows and trusts and loves Dane. So why would she want to believe such a negative thing being said about him, especially if it's the first time hearing it? You know, I feel like if there's rumors or, you know, you kind of hear it from other people, maybe right. it will be that it's kind of like, okay, let me, I'm finally connecting the dots. But like you said, when it's like the first time it's about someone you love, I feel like you're very less likely to believe that that's actually the case. Um, and so Olive just kind of keeps unraveling really case, case by case, point by point, every misdeed that D or Dean, <laughs> Dane, Dean, we're uh, in uh, Gilmore girls again, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> that Dane has been uh, doing behind her back. And of course, you know, Olive shared with Amy that Ethan was under the impression that Amy, knew because Dane had been telling Ethan, oh, she knows, like not a big deal, whatever. And once again, it's like in total shock. Like I did not know this. We were exclusive the whole time. Dane should not have been seeing other women. That's not what happened, blah, blah, blah. And um, so ultimately Olive also kind of concludes and shares her conclusion with Amy that she thinks that that's why Dane didn't want Olive and Ethan to ever be together. Um, And Amy's kind of like, well, funny thing that you say that because Dane was always telling me how badly he wanted you and Ethan to be together. So we're just seeing so many sides of Dane where he's just clearly telling everybody what they want to hear and just acting out completely different from that. Um, And so, Ultimately Amy, I don't blame her, but she kind of explodes on Olive. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of negative things to hear about your husband that you just got married to. I mean, they've been married for a week, two weeks at that, and to hear all of this information about him. And so Amy goes off and basically is like, well, you're always a pessimist. Of course, you're seeing the negativity and everything. This can't be true. No wonder why things aren't working out with you and Ethan, because Olive did say that her and Ethan had had a fight about this information, and um, Amy just basically walks out after that. Like after after accusing, not accusing, but stating that Olive isn't trying, isn't you know, I don't just always a, a negative Nancy, just always has a very pessimistic output on her life. Um, she she leaves. She walks out. And Olive's just kind of, I think, stunned and like, what the hell just
0: happened? And starts to cry, which I would do too. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I mean, it would feel like, and it seems like almost every aspect of her life other than her other family members is exploding in 24 to 48 hours. Um, It would be hard not to cry out of sadness, frustration, Anger, I mean, I would have a total meltdown. Oh, yeah.
1: And and it's so crazy. Like, everything is unraveling because of one prick.
0: <laughs> a super manipulative person. Ugh. Like, I mean, would you say that's borderline? Like,
1: Dane's kind of, I don't want to say abusive, but, like, that just seems like he's just spinning all of these Webs of lies and just—I mean—manipulative for sure. Just making you believe that he's this good guy when clearly he's not. Like, I mean, this—I—I—I sympathize with Olive because she's like, "Why am I the only one seeing this? Why am I the only one putting all of these dots together that Dane is a bad
0: guy?" I mean, he's gaslighting her for sure, sure. and—and what stinks is then she's taking that and almost gaslighting herself at times to be. To wonder am i crazy and as and that sucks like that's a horrible position to to be in i don't know if that's a form of abuse but um yeah maybe abusive was too harsh bad. i definitely mean but, like manipulative <laughs> yeah i mean it's really he's not a good person no <laughs> it's really really messed up which um, is so crazy because
1: like i think we talked about this before too but from my perspective at the beginning of the book. That we I mean, we didn't know, we didn't glean that much information about Dane, but he just seemed like happy go lucky frat guy on his wedding day. You know, like it just he didn't seem like this manipulative asshole that he has turned into be as the novel has gone on. And it's just insane to me that I maybe at first was kind of rooting for Amy and Dane, and now come to find out, like it's all just been a shit show. Like none of it's real. It's all just fake. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this manipulative rat guy with a beard somehow that Yeah, like a um, manipulative rat
1: hipster. I, I don't know
0: what he is. <laughs> okay. That's it's fine. making
1: me rethink my character casting. Now that I know
0: he's got a beard. <laughs> I'm I'm like, did I miss that? Where did that come from? Yeah, did I definitely didn't read that, that either. Did you grow that while they were on the honeymoon? Like where where? Where did this come from? Well, you know, um, they were sick. Maybe he just let the facial hair go yeah. and I don't know. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, if I'm sick, I'm certainly not shaving my legs. So that's yeah. uh maybe that's where <laughs> it came from. Um
1: uh, I don't know. But a funny like an injection of just another piece of his his character. Like I it definitely did not show up before. So I think it's funny. <laughs> um, uh,
0: I mean it's that happens all the time but and he's obviously I mean he sucks so like I don't even want to include him (laughs) even though he's an important part of the story I'm just like oh forget you but um, it's also it's also like when you read any other book too and even if the author describes how a character looks and but you create this mental image and then all of a sudden 300 pages later they're like oh and her wavy red hair and you're like you're Wait like, what? Oh, I she's a brunette. <laughs> I'm like, how? What am I supposed to do with this information now? I pictured the wrong person the whole right. time. Right. Then you have
1: to like rewrite the character in your head again. Yes. uh oh, Dane. What an asshole. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Olive, uh, we're on to chapter 18. Olive has to uh, keep pushing through. I mean, this sucks, like huge sibling fallout, not just a sibling, her twin. Like, I feel like that just takes it to another level. Identical twin, huge fallout. And Olive still has to push through her day. Um, So she goes over to her cousin David's restaurant, um, which sounds very nice. It's called Camille. And it just sounds very like classy, downtown Minneapolis, bumping, like very nice place. Um, And also sounds like he's very doing very well for himself because she said it's one of many restaurants that he owns so this restaurant tour of him like just I don't know buying up real estate in Minneapolis I love it yeah what a family connection <laughs> I know like and what an easy I'm not that like I've never been a waitress which is the position that she ends up getting but what a nice Segue like she not only has an income but she can also make tips off of that like just a little bit of influx here and there and it's at a nice classy place like it's not just like a bar you know so she gets she gets to have a little little fancy in her life i think that's great but uh she uh she i think that knowing that she has this job security with her cousin it just made her even more thankful and just realize even more what an amazing supportive family she has, um, because they were all, they're all there for her. They were all at her apartment, they all pulled together. And I know that they like provided her food while she was going through her, you know, job loss. And now they've hooked her up with this job. So she's just like, oh my God, like life is kind of amazing. Even though I'm in this situation, like I've lost what I thought was my dream job. And I think that she starts kind of spinning her wheels and realizing that, While this may not be the position that she thought she was going to be in, this is now her time that she can kind of find herself. Like she's very secure with her family. She has the ability to make an income, but still think things through. And I think during this time, there was also that brief reflection back to when Ethan was describing his job and how passionate he was about it. And she realizes that she's never really had that kind of passion about what she's doing. And so in a way, she's very grateful for this opportunity that she can find herself and figure out what she really wants to do with her life.
0: I really liked this change and it's in this chapter and the next one too. So so I might like jump ahead just a little bit, but just while we're on the topic, I really liked that she was sort of thinking about this and getting the perspective. And then even in chapter nine, not, chap- not chapter nine, chapter 19, Um, at one point she talks, so she talks about it a little bit more, but again, I'm in chapter 19. It was one of those things too, where if you're reading quickly, you could just gloss over this one piece of it. But for me, it really resonated because she specifically says how she's getting off of the career treadmill. And I want to say, she says something along the lines of like finding herself again. And for me, I was like, I'm in that position too and I know what that career treadmill feels like and how it's taken her time and it's taken me time and anyone else I've talked to that's gone through the same thing too it takes time to almost get that perspective to be to really find yourself and feel like yourself again and it's it's interesting because I was even having a conversation with someone over the weekend a little bit about it and how our generation, Millennials, obviously, I mean, like we're two millennials that started a podcast and the jokes literally write themselves. Like (laughs) But our generation has a tendency to joke, joke, joke about the career treadmill that our generation and I mean, and other generations, younger and older have all found themselves on. But I just think that millennials in general have a tendency to really joke about it and make fun of it. And they should like, I think it's great. I'm just as guilty of going down the social media train of people joking about corporate America Mm -hmm. and everything. And it is, you should find ways to laugh at yourself, but rarely is it depicted in this positive way that someone got off of that career treadmill and is doesn't have all the answers, but is finding themselves content and like really wanting to pursue whatever is going to make them happy. And the conversation I was having with someone recently, we were talking about how in society it is, it's just a joke, but people don't really do anything about it. So at what point does it become, does that joke also become just sad because you're not going to do anything about it? You're just going to laugh about it. And make fun of the situation that you're in, but not actually going to do anything. So sorry, tangent, but (laughs) that like little piece and the, just the way they called it, the career treadmill was so fitting.
1: I, I could not agree more. I, I can't say that I necessarily was on the career treadmill. I was very privileged in being able to leave that so that I could be a stay at home mom. But I, I feel like, like you said, I mean, there are so many like meme accounts dedicated to corporate America trying to make light of a very serious, sometimes depressing situation that our generation finds themselves in. And especially, you know, like, oh, if I just if I just make it to this position, if I just make it to this level, if I just make it to this income then things will get better or things will be more positive for me, or then I'll be able to make those next steps or I'll be able to finally look for another job because I actually hate it here, but I need that stability. And so I just, I could not agree more that it's just, it is a very interesting and a a perspective that resonates, I think probably with a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's a lot to go through and it's something that as an adult, you have to do it every single day, but to know, you know, that you can get off. You can find yourself and it might be hard. It might be rough. You're not going to have all the answers. You might not have the best income, but at least you can try to find yourself and try to find that new light within yourself to figure out where you want to go and where you see yourself in the future. And I think, I mean, again, with all of having just that huge umbrella of such an amazing family being able to support her. I'm sure that did help make that decision a lot easier Um, knowing that. I mean, I'm sure worst case scenario, she probably could move in with an aunt and uncle or she could move in with her mom or, you know, like she always has that support around her. So it's probably a little less scary from perspective, but I think what maybe did scare her a little bit was the fact that like she thought she wanted to go on this super scientific Route and turns out she's pretty content just waitressing, and she's happy to just take a step back and really figure out where she stands. And I think that's amazing. Go, oh. <laughs> woohoo, <laughs> woohoo. Okay, so I love, I love. What a great tangent that was. So good. Look at us. We're so, I don't know, introspective.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. <yeah. laughs> Real life experiences.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Olive, um, to keep pushing through her day, decides that she's gonna reach out to Ethan. She sends him a text that they should probably try to talk that evening. Um, and he immediately replies and is like, "Okay, I'll come to your place at you know seven or whatever, whatever time he gets off of work." And she's already home um and basically upon seeing each other i wrote down that the reaction was really cold i mean they like could not even make eye contact i think olive maybe loki was hoping he'd give her a kiss and she he just kind of goes in for like a peck and it's like what the hell like okay so we really are in a bad place from where we left off and um ethan confesses then that he went and talked to dane after olive had left the restaurant and um that again it's just that Dane said it was just a joke. You misinterpreted this situation and Dane is offended and shocked that you just took it in such a wrong way. And oh gosh, I'm Dane, you know, I can do no wrong. Can and the biggest eye roll. Yes, exactly. And all of it once again, is just like why doesn't anyone see this? Like, why am I the only one? And is just so offended that Ethan is only taking one perspective, and that's stains Like, just immediately the brother claws. Hey, it's he's my baby brother. He can do no wrong. This you're you're blowing this out of proportion. Um, and Ethan also then brings up the fact that hey, I thought you weren't going to tell. Amy about Dane's past, because apparently I'm sure that Amy had said something to Dane and Olive, or Ethan then hears from Dane that Olive had said these things. And that just kind of blows up again in Olive's face. And they, I mean, ultimately they kind of have this realization that Olive's not going to get over. Dane's behavior and Ethan's not going to get over trying to protect his brother and so maybe they're not the best fit and fortunately this chapter he ends things Ethan says I think we need to break up and my heart just like fell out (laughs) I was like no why is this happening we like them they're so good together
0: and it's it's
1: and I just again like this gaslighting manipulative guy
0: is coming up in between them come on they they got together so quickly everything was going so well and it's like the rug has been pulled out from underneath so abruptly my heart breaks
1: i know it just i'm i'm glad i guess that they were able to talk face-to-face you know I mean especially I'm assuming this setting is more like this day and age where you can just easily text each other but I it's just so baffling
0: to me that they're like well
1: guess we can't get over this and their
0: like, their text exchange leading up to this conversation too I felt the anxiety because it just it reminds me so much of when someone texts you and they say we need to talk and for me that piques my anxiety because I will wonder a million different things. And so that even leading up to the conversation, I just kept feeling, oh goodness, this is not going to go well. I will say too, it's disappointing and we've liked Ethan as a character and as we've gotten to know him, but then at the same time, I'm also not surprised by his reaction, not only, because Dane is his brother, but it just seems like a very stereotypical male reaction to any sort of situation like this. Sorry. Yeah. About I know. No,
1: you're, you're right. I mean, it's just like, you really hope that that's not going to be the case and then they just prove you right. So darn it. Ethan <laughs> fell right into that stereotypical role. <laughs> he did. He did. So chapter 19 this is once again i had thoughts this chapter just like chapter 11 from the previous segment holy wow okay so at the restaurant olive's back at the restaurant working she's just kind of part of her the regular staff whatever things are going she talked her cousin natalia who has been in more recent contact with Amy. So remember Olive and Amy blew up at each other and they're not talking anymore. Um, and so Natalia then tells Olive that Amy saw a text on Dane's phone from a trinity. And uh, not that it necessarily said anything explicit like it wasn't like a sext or anything but just this girl's name popping up on her on his phone um was seen by his wife and therefore it probably immediately sparked some doubt and some questions and um basically olive is thinking to herself and says it out loud that she thinks it's the mango butt tattoo girl or whatever. (laughs) I think that's what Ethan had told her when he was eating mango back in Maui, but um, basically Olive is like, hey, Amy's not talking to me, Natalia. I just really I can't give you all the details of everything that's going on, but I just really need you to be there for Amy. So Natalia of course is like, okay, well tell me what's going on, but Olive is, she stands firm and is like, nope, just be there for her. Trust me, she needs it. And um I mean, so Amy finally reaches out to Olive. I'm guessing it's probably been like a few days or whatever. And she sends some uh, some screenshots of different girls' names in Dane's phone. And is like, hey, are, do these names ring any bells from what Ethan has told you? And Olive is like, I don't have any names. and If I did, I would absolutely tell you. But this looks suspicious to me. Like this does not look good. <laughs> and um, so, Amy and Olive—they're—they're they're starting to talk again just via text. They haven't, you know, seen each other in person or anything. Um, but I, th- I think Amy is starting to come to the realization that Dane is and was, in fact, cheating on her. Just going through, you know, some of the girls' numbers that he has and all of these, all of these things. So. Amy kind of comes up with a plan um, and it doesn't say anything to Olive, just like, hey, can you confirm, like, are these some of the girls' numbers that you know or whatever and whatever. So Olive's like, no. And then Amy doesn't talk to her for, well, until like the next day. And the next day, Amy's like, hey, girl, come over for dinner. I need to see you. We need to talk. And Olive, not having spoken to her twin, is like, yes, of course, I'll be there. Like, I don't know fully what's going on, but yes, I will absolutely come over. So she goes over for lasagna, which I thought was a nice touch. I love a good lasagna. i would never say her yeah. lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she, you know, they, they embrace Olive is immediately like, what's going on? Are you okay? I mean, they haven't seen each other in like a few days, which I think, was said that it's like the longest that they've gone out speaking to each other, which is sad, but you know, stuff like that happens. Uh, and she asks where Dane is. And Amy is under the impression that Dane won't be home until later. Um, and so, you know, they sit down to start enjoying their lasagna, they're watching a the movie. Um, and then Dane comes home before the anticipated time. So Dane walks the door. is like, yo, what's up, Olive? Olive's like, fuck you, Dane, or go to hell or oh, something. Oh, love. Yeah. And Dane's just like, um, okay. And then was like, okay, oh, I'll just leave you girls to it. Like a girl hangout, like totally unsuspecting of anything weird going on. And shortly after this, we get a knock at the door. And so Amy's like, oh, Dane, sweetie, could you go answer the door? And he saunters on over, opens the door. And it's, uh, I believe, Cassie, the first girl who shows up that he has been having an affair with. And so Amy, that sly fox, walks over and is like, oh, my gosh, let me introduce myself. I'm Dane's wife. Amy, nice to meet you. You must be Cassie. And Dane is like, I'm sure his heart is falling out of his ass right now. Olive is just like, oh, shit, like freaking out.
0: Me I and Olive both are like, oh, yes. oh okay. me too. I remember
1: reading this am so like,
0: yes, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> this whole situation, oh my goodness. Okay, keep going. This is like, biggest power move. I'm just I'm so proud as a reader. so So proud because again, like
1: interpretations of characters, I'm thinking Amy's this sweet little cutie pie and everything's going well for her and she's always lucky. And then she's like, oh hell no. I know my husband's cheating. I'm going to invite his girls over. So not only does Cassie show up, but two other women, and Trinity's one of them, and I don't remember the other girl's name, like Julie or Julia or something, whatever, also show up, are all at the door. Dane is just like, FML, my life is over. Olive is just like, oh, hell yeah, this is what you had coming to you the whole time. And then Ethan shows up while all of this is going down. And uh, Amy tells Olive, oh yeah, I invited him. He owes you an apology. So, oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Olive does not want to talk to Ethan still, is just like loving every moment of this.
0: Oh, she's just, I love it when she's like, just take Dane and go. Yeah, just leave. And that's
1: how that chapter ends. She's like, "Take, take the scumbag with you. I'm not talking to either of you. I And like, I mean, poor Amy. I, I mean, like, it's so, so shitty that this happens in this way, but I'm so proud of her. So proud. Like, what a freaking power move. She figured it out. And I think that in not so many words, that's also her apology to Olive. Like, I mean, because Olive basically tried to warn her, like, this is what's going on. This is what I know. Amy kind of wrote it off as in Dane would never do that to me. Figures out the truth and this is her way of apologizing to Olive too. Like, I want you to be the witness to this shit show right now. And Olive loved it.
0: <laughs> we all did. We all did. It is. I, I feel terrible. It's a heart-wrenching situation to be in, but way to handle it like a total badass. Oh, for sure. apologize for for sure. At the same time, like Win win on that front. I know there's a lot of fallout now you have to deal with, but you handled it well. Yes,
1: and I think you know that that kind of goes into to chapter twenty here, where like there is a lot of fallout, but like she moves on quick. I mean, not like in a new relationship, but she's just like on a mission. I think she compared it to the Olive compared it to the wedding, where Amy is just like. Get your shit out of my house. I don't want any signs of you get out of my life. Like you do not, you've done this to me. You do not need to be part of it anymore. And so I think the fallout, yes, it's intense, but another thing that Amy just kind of moves through like a boss, I mean, she just is like, fuck it, you're gone. I hate you, you're out of my life. I don't care if we've only been married for two weeks, you're gone. (laughs) She takes the emotion and makes it
0: productive.
1: Yes, exactly. Good for her. Um, And so once again, this is a situation where the entire family is, is gathered. I mean, Olive really makes sure that Amy is taken care of. She kind of calls over friends and family, mostly family to make sure that meals are provided, that comfort's always there, that someone is always with Amy at her house since that happened. And I just feel like it's such a huge sisterly blessing that, you know, that she did that. I mean, I'm sure that her family would have done it anyway, but I'm just so thankful that Olive made that move for her and like called out for help on her behalf. I think that was just so, so wonderful of her.
0: <laughs> so wonderful and like delegated and everyone had responsibilities. Everyone yeah. knew what they needed to do. Everyone played their part. Yes, exactly.
1: Um, the kind of, I guess, maybe positive spin out of this situation is at, um so Amy and Dane, owned a house together. Dane no longer lives there. Um, Olive moves in. So the twins are living together. They get to share a little bit of financial responsibility. Olive, um, since she's only in her waitressing position currently, can have a little bit of financial relief from like trying to have to cover rent all by herself and things like that. Um, And I think that that also probably helps rebuild some of the bond that was broken between them when they were first going through those emotions with Dane, like now they get to see each other every day and kind of make up for some of that lost time together in a sense. Um, but shortly after Dane moves out, so Olive's living with Amy now, um, Amy tells Olive that Ethan has invited her out for dinner and Olive is kind of like, <clears throat> okay, like have fun with that. Good luck and good riddance to that guy because she hasn't spoken to Ethan since he took Dane. And um, so I think I, it sounds like Ethan has tried to reach out and she's just been kind of ignoring his calls and his texts and just any attempt of contact. She's just not ready for it right now. And I think even though he tried to apologize to her that night at their their house when Dane was exposed, um, she still hasn't really forgiven him for any of that. And um, so she's just been ignoring his texts and calls. But he invites Amy out for dinner, I think, is just kind of like a apology for his brother. Like, I just want to reconcile things. And then I'm sure low-key to get some intel on how Olive is doing, um, just because they haven't
0: spoken. And, and so, I think this is where Amy asks Olive to, you know, do you still love him or anything like that and Olive immediately, mm-hmm. immediately she responds and is like well yeah but what I really liked here too was when Olive asks the question that as a reader we've all been wondering is like isn't this all weird if all of these different right. siblings are and so so Olive asked the question that we uh, even though Dane is you know getting out of the picture with Amy and when I thought Amy's response to that was so perfect about how um, with Ethan and Olive, like, if they are to stay together, that it just means that everything that they went through had some sort of reason. And I thought that was th- just the perfect response to that because I'd been wondering the whole book what if, that was, if we were ever gonna talk about that. And especially now with how messy it is, like yes. how does the family really feel about this? How does Amy really feel about it? And so to get her response to that, I thought was really sweet.
1: And almost like like a blessing in a sense. I mean, I think yeah. that Amy is the one person out of their entire family that Olive wants the most respect from. And I mean, just because it's it's her sister, it's her closest family member, and i think that sh- to hear amy be like you guys are good together everyone's happy for you if you still love him like go after it kind of thing i think that was just a huge you are you have my blessing do with that as you will kind of moment for her <laughs> oh, sweet. so amy amy and ethan they they go to dinner they come back and it sounds like they had a wonderful time which is great um, uh, you know, even though it's a shitty situation and now that she's going out with her ex brother-in-law for a meal, it didn't, it wasn't awful. You know, it wasn't just this unburdening of, you know, all of this negativity that's been going on. So it was really a, a good meal. It was productive. And of course, you know, how to get some Intel on, on all of there. Um, so then, uh, that evening, um, it must be a little bit later. It, it sounds like everything kind of happened in the same day. Maybe it happened rather quickly. (laughs) Yeah, everything just happened very fast. Um, So Olive is at her shift. She's working um, and she seats none other than Mr. Hamilton in her section. And I'm sure that she's probably low key like this was bound to happen. But Minneapolis is not a small city like they could have gone so many other places. But She's faced with Mr. Hamilton and his wife um, in her section, and she basically kind of gestures and makes the assumption that they're probably not going to want to be served by her, just with the awkward fallout that happened um, and his, I love that his wife was like, oh, this is the girl you fired on the first day, blah, blah, blah. Like she's yes. like, what are you doing?
0: Me to Go, Mrs. Hamilton. I I still question your couples club, but definitely
1: a swingers club. Definitely
0: a swingers. Yep. <laughs> but 100 stand by your reaction to yes. that situation.
1: I love yes that she stood up for Olive in a sense, and that was amazing. But they basically were like, "Hey, yeah, it would probably be best if we go sit somewhere else." So. Olive helps move them, you know, to a different section under a different server. She comes back and her table's filled again with none other than Ethan. Wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And a lay, And a lay, and his own glass for Mai Tais. Oh my gosh. It's the cutest. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. It is so freaking sweet. And of course, like they have this big... I'll call it a Hollywood moment where it's like they're the only people in the room and he professes his love for her. Like he fell in love with her. I think he said that night that they had my ties. like that was the night they fell in love or that he fell in love with her. And, um, you know, he just wants, he wants her back. This is his grand gesture of getting her back and he uh, strips down out of his Hawaiian shirt into this bright green hideous tank top reflective of Olive and her heinous green bridesmaids dress. I think (laughs) it was
0: one of them, but it was someone else's. He turned it into a tank top. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yeah, one (laughs) of the cousins helped to make a tank top out of it.
1: And, I mean, basically, Olive can't resist. I mean, he... He fell for her and she fell right back. And in hindsight, she starts to realize that the majority of people in the restaurant are her family members that helped Ethan piece all of this together to make it such a special night for them to reconcile, which I just freaking loved.
0: So loved I'm, obsessed. That, I'm obsessed with the situation. Like
1: this is family. This, these things are why I want it to be a movie. Exactly. Like, I want to see this unfold on the big screen. <laughs> they better not mess it up
0: because I know it's. we well,
1: people I don't
0: know it's it might be <laughs> hard. <laughs> we ignore the part about him ha- about Dane having a beard because I, I swear he doesn't.
1: yeah, and that totally ruins my Dave Franco thing, so
0: we you can't, can't have chase that. Crawford. yeah I
1: don't even think that guy can grow facial hair. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the last time I saw him in anything was like the original Gossip Girls. So, wait right. a minute. Exactly. True, true. So, finally, so that concludes the full
1: regular chapters. Lovely ending. The guy gets the girl. They share kiss in a crowded restaurant in front of all of their friends and family, which I loved. And the Hamiltons were there to witness it and be like, okay, so you guys lied, but this is all kind of worth it in a sense. Um, so then we move into the epilogue, which I will admit that sometimes I'm a skipper of epilogues and prologues because I, for the longest time, didn't think that they mattered. <laughs> turns out they absolutely matter. Read your epilogues and prologues, people. <laughs> Wait, are, <laughs> just, are you serious? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm 100 percent serious. I literally thought it was just like author's notes. Like I just I was just like, I don't need, I don't care. Megan. But I mean, I read it. I read it this time. But like, I I, just, I never thought. I never thought that they were important in any way, shape, or
0: form. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> I, I think that's nice really, nice really
1: funny, actually. But <laughs> I, I really know thought
0: you you read this to. epilogue
1: because this epilogue's super important. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is super important. Well, so the first thing I want to call out is the epilogue. Is so this entire novel has been told from Olive's perspective. Um so that's why you get all of you know her thoughts her banter her texts everything like that. The epilogue is told from Ethan's perspective which I like swooned over because I just love that it's like the conclusion is through his eyes which just I think makes it all the more because I feel like for a little while from Olive's perspective you're always kind of wondering what he's thinking, what he's seeing, what he's feeling. And so to get this conclusion from his thoughts and feelings and his perspective, I think just really brings it full circle. So we start the epil- epilogue off on a, it's two years later. So I just need to make that note. Two years later, and we are on a flight to Maui once again with Ethan and Olive, still a couple, and Amy and Lucas. So Amy has moved on from Dane and is dating a wonderful doctor named Lucas, and they are on plane together to Hawaii. Um, and Ethan kind of gives us a brief, you know, synopsis of where where everybody is now that it's two years later. And we learn that through her waitressing position, uh, Olive came in contact with a humanitarian who um, does. I don't know, a nonprofit work about um, just education around medicine and, you know, flu shots and things like that. And so Olive has joined this woman's team and is now one of those representatives that gets to share all of that knowledge. And if you have read the book thoroughly, you know that a big piece of Olive was loving to be a liaison between the science and the doctors of the science and the the general public. So this humanitarian position at this nonprofit is kind of the perfect uh, I don't know mesh between the two where she still gets to have that scientific background but get to speak you know to normal people and kind of put things in their terms, which I think she's always really appreciated. Um, The other piece of information we learn while they're on this flight to Maui is that this time they are returning and Ethan's got a ring in his pocket.
0: It's coming. So, um,
1: yeah, he's going to propose. The intent is to propose. Um, They, you know, a couple days in, they go on a, a zip lining adventure, which this to me. So, again, you know, from from Ethan and Olive's honeymoon adventures. They, they did a lot, you know, they did the snuba, they did paintball, they took a drive. They they're adventure people. And so I love that they go zip lining as the, the foursome, the two couples that they are. And I also love that, like, again, this is an Ethan's perspective. So, so much detail is going into him describing Olive and describing the scenario. And I was just like, oh, my God, first of all, he calls her freaking Bob the Builder, which made me die. (laughs) I love love that. Also saying like how beautiful she was and just like it just seemed like she was so in such a good place to be carefree and happy and just on this adventure with her sister and like kind of loving and taking in every moment. So that was just a really I, a
0: funny, very
1: descriptive way for
0: him to put it. I love how the whole time, too, he's kind of freaking out a little bit about, like, when he's going to propose and finding <laughs> the perfect moment. And, I mean, it makes me think about Jared, too, because I know that Jared was also that way afterwards. I didn't know it at the time, too, but was freaking out the whole time about, like, when am I actually going to do this? Yes. And Okay, so tell us. Tell us how did he propose, since we're talking uh, about proposals. Okay. So he proposed in Key West and okay. So, so we were supposed to go to Key West, um, the year that we went and we had a weekend planned and a tropical storm came. And so he had actually like planned to propose and then we weren't going on our trip. And on top of that uh, side note, I got like a speeding ticket that weekend. It was, it ended up being this horrible, horrible weekend. I was crying the whole time and I didn't find out later so a month later we go to Key West and I obviously didn't know this but like we so we drove down and we stopped along the way we stopped at one place to feed fish and look at manatees and he said he was so nervous the whole time that I was either gonna find the ring and he has it stuffed (laughs) in a bag and So then we, we get to Key West and we had dinner plans. Um, and I mean, we go to dinner. And so I will also say I wasn't expecting it at all because we had talks, we had talked about getting engaged, but I thought it was going to be when he finished PA school and he hadn't Mm -hmm. even started PA school at this point. So (laughs) I'm thinking we're years off from any sort of engagement. So we go to dinner you know, no big deal. And I thought it was normal in hindsight. He was definitely distracted. And I was just kind of like, oh, we're in Key West and I'm going to drink this Key Lime Martini. I don't know. And so, anywho, we ended up walking around Key West and he proposed um on the docks that were down there. So it was like beautiful sunset on the water, um, very intimate and private, which I appreciated because I, don't, I'm not super comfortable with a big audience of people like clapping yeah. and cheering so <laughs> I really like that um we didn't take any photos when it happened so we went back the next day to that exact spot to take photos that I did not know that part yep we but you didn't. still you FaceTimed me the day that it happened so I Facetimed you, but we didn't actually like. I Facetimed you, and I Facetimed my mom, and I Facetimed my friend Alex, but I we didn't actually take any photos of it happening. Like we were just, I do like I like. <laughs> it, we were definitely just kind of in the moment, but um, yes. but yeah, didn't didn't take any photos. So we so we did. We went back to the exact same spot the next night to go take photos. That like, hey, we actually got engaged. <laughs>
1: i love that well the outfit you wore too i guess that that makes more sense now because you wore like a white top and white bottoms i'm like how would you have
0: known that that was gonna happen (laughs) honestly we're just really lucky that i'd actually painted my nails because yeah (laughs) so that was the other that i mean it doesn't matter but the when we were supposed to originally go i had actually gone because someone had given me a gift card to get a mani Petty. And so we were going to Key West. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go get this mani-pedi. I'm going to have these great nails and everything. And then obviously we didn't go. And so <laughs> I didn't go get a mani-pedi again and just by luck. Because Jared didn't say anything. No one said anything about like, hey, Brie, you might want to. That's it. how it's supposed to be. You don't want it to be ruined. Oh, I know. And I didn't want it either. But I'm just glad that I had them painted.
1: Yes. <laughs> exactly yes, for nails, sure. So. <laughs> I d- I guess I don't know what your nails look like. I've only ever seen them painted.
0: I know I've never like have them done because otherwise I pick at them and it's just not a good situation. So
1: been there. No, I know I'm what's sorry. up. My proposal. Yeah. Okay, so I was in the same situation as you. I did not see it coming because. I thought that Kyle was going to finish school. So he was in uh, his master's program. And I thought, which was just luckily for us, just one additional year of school. And then he uh, was going to take his CPA exams because Kyle's an accountant or was, I don't know, I don't really know what he does now, but. He, he does a job and he, title. anymore. <laughs> no, no. He he does something in finance and whatever. So I was not expecting a proposal and we were doing uh, Thanksgiving at my grandparents house in my mom's small hometown of Atlantic, Iowa. And, um, we, my family is pretty notorious for doing family photos, which is wonderful. And so it had already been planned that we were going to be doing family pictures. And so, you know, of course, everyone's got their coordinating outfits and everything's all picked out and arranged. And, um, we are are up there and kyle and i are like well let's get some nice picture you know we have this professional photographer we're in a studio it's november in iowa so it's freezing anyway um it was black friday specifically the day after thanksgiving and so we are like let's get some cute pictures with just the two of us since we have this photographer and so he he took our pictures. I mean, we're up there taking pictures. Everything's normal, and then the photographer is like, "Okay, and now you know, next next group come up or whatever," because it's it's my extended family too. So just a big group of us, and um, so I'm getting ready to like walk off the I don't know this not really a stage, but just wherever he had it staged for the pictures. And Kyle's still lingering and I'm kinda like, oh man well, when he wants to go. Like they clearly <laughs> kind of, like, called the other people up to take their pictures. And Kyle's like, he's holding my hand and he starts talking. And immediately I'm like, Oh my God, like this is happening. Bree, I kid you not. I was saying, no, 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 no the whole time. <laughs> Why are you telling me that? <laughs> because I was like, and like, I'm not like, no, I won't marry you, but like, no, I can't believe this is happening. So I'm like pacing up there in front of my family. My family's freaking out, loving every minute of this. And I'm like, no, this isn't real. No, no, no. And like, there's a video of me just like squatting and freaking out and like, whatever. So I don't even know the beautiful things that Kyle said. I'm sure that they were wonderful, but I think I like blacked out because the only reaction I remember is me saying no, 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 no. And so I think Kyle, after, was like, so you do want to yes. marry me, right? And so I'm like, yes, 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 of course, of course I want to marry you. So I've always been impressed with
0: his planning for this, like always so impressed with that. Um, but don't feel bad because I also blacked out and don't remember what Jared said. I don't even think Jared remembers what.
1: Oh, Peace I'm time. sure if I asked Kyle now, he'd be like, I don't know, i probably just some nice stuff. <laughs> like, okay, Dude was,
0: was so nervous or said he was so nervous that like I don't think he has any idea what he said.
1: Oh yeah. And I don't I don't blame them either. I mean it's yeah. nothing I mean it's absolutely very memorable. Like that's a huge moment in a relationship. But I feel like it's one of those things, so like especially with or without an audience, it's just all emotion and nerves and adrenaline to like get through it. So I yeah, I'm sure that they probably blacked out just as much as we did. <laughs> and the crazy thing about my proposal was the day before, so on Thanksgiving Day, we we were at my grandparents and my aunt and uncle were there, and my aunt. Like she had no idea. The only people that knew Kyle was proposing were my parents because he had asked my dad for permission, which I loved. My brother, because my brother had helped him kind of scheme and plan the whole thing. And then I think my grandma, because she had been the one to arrange the photographer. So my aunt uncle, my cousins, my sister, my grandpa, like no one else knew. And so my aunt, the day before at Thanksgiving was like, wouldn't it be amazing if Kyle proposed today, like on Thanksgiving Day? And I, and to her, I was like, no way. There's no way that's going to happen. Like, he's not done with school yet. I know it's not going to happen. I'm not expecting it for another year. And then the next
0: freaking day, he proposes. Look at us. <laughs> I love that not many people knew that yeah. we're all there. Oh, that's so sweet. Good so, like, me. if you ever watch,
1: I think I have a video on, like, in, my Instagram or something, but, like, the people are yelling in the background, like, genuine reaction. I think mostly you can hear my sister being like, oh, shit, like, freaking <laughs>
0: out. It's happening. Yes. Oh, my
1: it's
0: goodness. Amazing.
1: Yes. I love And now we've been married for six years. So, crazy how time flies. Crazy.
0: Whew. Crazy, crazy.
1: Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Glad we got to relive those glory moments of blacking out and have no, uh, no idea what our husband said to us. But unlike um, our husbands, Ethan knows exactly what's going down. <laughs> see, see that? was a good one, good one. Yeah. So he he basically says that the, his biggest goal while they're in Maui this time is to get Olive to agree to marry him. Like they've obviously been together for two years now they're very much in love like i'm sure it's a no-brainer but she's so headstrong and is like coming to her own at this point that i think he's not necessarily worried that she won't say yes but maybe he's thinking like maybe she'll want to wait a year or something like that so he wants to get her to agree and so a couple nights later um it's i think he said like four nights in or something they're, they're on the beach and it's like the perfect sunset, which is totally making me now think of your proposal, how it was perfect sunset in Key West, but now it's perfect sunset on the beach in Maui, and um, ironically, Olive brings up like, oh, how many you know how many Midwesterners have been engaged on the beach or how many people have this picture on their mantle from when it's happened or whatever and i'm dying because i'm like that is a so true like think of every midwesterner you know they've either gotten married in a, like a destination area or gotten engaged on the beach for sure and uh um, just the fact that she's going on and on like basically spoiling his moment to propose without knowing it at all. Like, Oh, how ironic. What, what if, you know, this happened? And so Ethan was like, I, he was like in the middle of like trying to start his proposal to her. And she says that. And so he kind of like starts backtracking and she's like, Oh, what, what were you going to say, sweetie? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like not a big deal, whatever and um and i think it made ethan a little suspect that she might say no like just because she was making such a joke about it and like oh i don't know if it would you know i don't know if this is what i would want and stuff like that and so i think he was kind of like oh shit like backtrack maybe this isn't the time to do it and um fast forward a little bit i mean they're they're going back and forth and they're joking banter and everything and olive finally realizes like oh shit he is proposing to me. Like, this is what he's trying to do. And so Ethan finally gets the words out. And, um, I love that I last, last episode, I had the, the name count going between the two of them and he I did it in it. his proposal He calls, he says, will you marry me Oscar Olivia Torres? And obviously she just loves every moment of that and I just love that it's like it goes back to their one of their first long-term encounters together and um we end the epilogue with that it was a ridiculous silly mistake written proposal and it was absolutely perfect
0: it was I was getting real nervous when she was joking about it for I was nervous for Ethan (laughs) but it all came together and oh, was so beautiful and perfect for the two of them. Yes.
1: I loved it. I I mean, so I feel like that kind of leads us into our review. So final thoughts. What are what are your thoughts? What are your what's your review? Okay.
0: So <laughs> I'll probably I'll I'll lump it all together. Um I mean, I loved it. Like I thought it was so cute, fun, relatable, funny, easy to read. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times. There have been parts where I've actually laughed out loud. Um, I mean, definitely the normal like enemies, although I wouldn't exactly consider them enemies per se, but it is that very standard enemies to lovers trope. But I thought that there mm-hmm. were really great layers to the story. I thought it was engaging and had a great pace you constantly wanted to have more at the end of each chapter i will say my favorite thing for sure was just the dialogue between all of the different characters it was so true to them and their development so i really enjoyed that and i would rate it a four out of five stars nice okay i feel like my
1: review was very similar to yours. I I also mentioned the trope, but I called it the will they won't they kind of yeah. thing. Because it's it is totally just a classic like, oh, they they hate each other and and then now they're the you know they're confined together. So of course they're gonna find things in common. And that I just I feel like that pulls an audience in in general. Like this is just it's such a fun read. I feel like I mentioned it in the review piece that I wrote down, but like you could totally read this on your honeymoon by the pool. Like just an easy, quick, I mean, we split it up into three parts, but I feel like you could breeze through this, you know, in a couple of days if you really wanted to. I mean, it's just, it's so fun. It's so lighthearted. And even though we did mention and point out some of the darker undertones, I feel like there is just such a happy ending that encompasses not only the couple, but just like, the, the bond of family and you know the I, I guess kind of the sweet revenge in a sense and so i feel like you know every character gets ultimately what they deserve which i think is making it so nice and and legible for everybody to go through and um i feel like it just it definitely follows that uh, just a very specific formula to get you through the the beginning to end um you know they, they don't like each other and then they like each other and then there's a rift that causes them to drift apart and then they get back together and it's a every Hallmark movie that you've ever seen, which I think is another reason why I'm kind of excited for this to be a movie because I love Hallmark movies. So like, why not? Um, but it's just it's super cute and predictable. And um, I would also rate it a four out of five.
0: Oh my goodness! It is the perfect novel for vacation, and you would anyone would probably read it much faster. I would even say, like, depending on where you're traveling. But if you're flying to Hawaii, you m- you might very well finish it on the plane if yeah. you're fast reader. For so, sure. For so sure. maybe save it for when you get there, watch a movie or something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that way you can actually read it. And then I was gonna say we should pull up what it is on Goodreads just to see what what the World Wide web. Uh, also thinks of this book. All right. On Goodreads, it gets a very specific 3.97 stars. Oh, okay. So we'll round up and say
1: also four out of five.
0: So four out of five, which is, I mean, fantastic. Fantastic rating for sure. I haven't read any of
1: the like Goodreads reviews. Like I never went through that even before picking up the book. So I would be curious, like now that we've given our thoughts, what other people thought of it as well. Like I probably should go through and see what people has, like why, why was it specifically 3.97 stars?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm always a little bit hesitant to read people's reviews on Goodreads. Sometimes I do, but I don't know. We went into a whole discussion about what I think about the reviews. People, people even I mean, this one, I thought the book was. It was. It was lighthearted. It was enjoyable Mm -hmm. and funny. So, if you end,
1: it's exactly what you want it to be. It's it's engaging. It has a happy ending. Every character, you know, gets what they they need out of the book. So, I
0: think it's. I, I feel like it's very well worth the four out of five. Agreed. And you should really know that picking it up. Um, if you did like this book, so I've read a couple other Christina Lauren novels. I would say that I highly, highly, highly recommend love in other words. Um, it is not so much the rom-com, but more of the second chance love story. It, I I've actually read it two times I think it is like a really really great story so I would highly recommend that um just some other ones too that I mentioned that I've read were twice in a blue moon which is cute in a holidays for Christmas holiday season and um the roomies is another one and don't quote me on this but I want to say the roomies may have also been picked up for either a film or TV series, I would have to double check that. But um, if that is the case, then might want to pick that one up and read it before it is fully produced and released. And of course, many, many, many more novels by these authors. Yes. So. All right. Well, should we sort of introduce our next book? I think I think (laughs) so. I think now's the time. Okay, so we're definitely uh, going in a different direction and stepping away from the rom-com for this next book, but we are going to be reading The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. So I, I'm i super excited about this one. Um, it was released in 2020, and I know that it was kind of all the talk, I think, for the past couple of years. So it'll be interesting to dive into this. Um, Based on the description of the book, it seems like it's going to be a really interesting take on, on or a depiction of sort of the what if questions that I think so many people are plagued with, maybe not plagued with, but even just At some point, they always come up. What if I'd gone in this direction? What if I'd done this? And so we're going to follow the story of Nora Seed as she lived different versions of her life, those what ifs, through a library where every book contains a different version of her life. Um, Trigger warning, though, for this, for anyone that does end up following along, is definitely depression and suicide right from the start. Of the novel so um, if that's triggering in any way something to consider before you do this for others it might sort of be therapeutic to read through all of that but something something to think about before you go into that and uh, we'll look into it a little bit more but Matt Haig is very vocal about even his personal struggles with mental health and depression and anxiety so um, if you haven't ever looked at like his social media, something to to look at, and I think he is going to encompass a lot of that in this novel. So we're gonna break this into three sections again. Um, most versions of this book have between two hundred and ninety nine and three hundred and four pages, so just off a little bit. So for my version, at least, we're starting with the first one hundred and two pages, which goes up to peppermint tea. so not through, but up to peppermint tea, and then part two will be um, through page 201 or up to page 201, which is why I want another universe if this one has dogs, which true, um, we don't deserve them. So I don't know what that's about, but no, this I agree. It uh, like i agree um and then part three will be through the end and also we're going to england in the setting so we can whip out those british accents a little bit more <laughs> I guess, like, this is gonna make me like i feel like i
1: really need to contemplate the the cocktail choice for this because like first hearing library i'm like oh okay so maybe like a. Uh, Uh, like an old fashioned or something like really, which, but then I'm like, I hate that. Like I would never drink an old fashioned. So I'm not going to make this drink an old fashioned. So I need to, I need to dive in a little bit. See, see where our characters are at. And maybe if it's like an England thing, I don't know, maybe I do something with like a tea or I don't know. We'll, we'll get Uh crafty. Very excited for, for that. All right. Until next week,
0: then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Music for this podcast was created by Remington Haynes. Join the conversation by emailing us at narrativesandnightcaps at gmail.com or visit our website narrativesandnightcaps.com. Until next time, we hope you're enjoying a wonderful narrative.